It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Janice Dean. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. One of the big, overwhelming narratives during this Russian invasion of Ukraine was that the Ukrainians were winning and fending off the Russian military. But over 100 days later, is this battle of attrition tipped in the Russians' favor? This war has been brewing for 10 to 20 years, depending on how you count. And the intelligence community failed to understand strategic opponent and adversary Vladimir Putin and how he thinks. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. As this war continues on, the Russian military is slowly accomplishing some of its goals in Ukraine, and that's not good news for the rest of the world. This terrible, bloody process being ordered by Russian President Vladimir Putin continues to claim innocent lives every day. But could the United States, and specifically President Biden, have done more to stop this terrible invasion? The war is in a stalemate. It's right now a grinding, protracted operation, just like Vladimir Putin wants it. Our guest today is Rebecca Koffler, former Defense Intelligence Agency officer and currently a strategic intelligence analyst with the Lindsay Group. Currently, the momentum is on Russia's side. Russia controls now 20% of Ukraine's territory. It has captured 97% of the Luhansk uh, Oblast, which is in eastern uh, and southern Ukraine. Putin has all but built uh, the much-coveted land bridge that connects the Crimea with Russia proper, and he keeps pushing. Ukrainians have exhibited an amazing will to fight, and they're doing great, but they are just overwhelmed, you know, and it's not a traditional war that Putin is fighting. He is playing a very, very complicated game that is not only based on war fighting capabilities, but it is based on his geopolitical uh, chess pieces moving. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you think as we stand today, Tuesday, June 7th, Russia actually now has the upper hand in this war on Ukraine. It does. It absolutely does. And it's not done to diminish uh, what Ukrainians have been able to achieve. I mean, Zelensky has exhibited tremendous will to fight. He did not flee, unlike the Afghani uh, president. He stood by his people. He keeps pushing, you know, the West for more and more support. He has all but hypnotized Western leaders. He's putting translators in tears using his acting skills. 
and effectively we have opened uh, 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 an indefinite spigot for him. You know, $54 billion of uh, American taxpayers' money has been going to Ukraine, real-time intelligence, weaponry, very sophisticated. Uh, President Biden just approved longer-range multiple launch rocket systems. So the Ukrainians have done everything that they could. But Russian military is just absolutely no match for Ukrainian military, even though the Russians displayed tactical, you know, mishaps and uh, made the laughing stock of themselves in terms of tactics. But it's not unusual for the Russians. They just have a very, very different war fighting style than Americans. Let's talk more specifically about these multiple launch rocket systems that you said President Biden is now approving for Ukraine. We heard from Russia's Vladimir Putin, the president there, that he may attack, quote, other areas if these types of weaponry were approved to go into Ukraine. You mentioned earlier also that Ukraine not only has the upper hand in regions that they were trying to gain before that land bridge to the Black Sea, but now also they're still pushing in areas. So do you think that Vladimir Putin may be planning something even bigger than just attacking Ukraine and may actually have the teeth to do it now. The fact that President Biden is sending in this weaponry that Putin didn't want. So, yes, there is such a plan uh, to do something bigger. Right. And I disclosed this uh, plan in my book, uh, Putin's playbook, Russia's secret plan to defeat America. And I actually predicted this conflict, you know, because what Putin ultimately is trying to do is to reconstitute a supranational uh, alliance, not unlike the former Soviet Union, and also to fracture NATO because he views it as a proxy war. This is not the war between Russia and Ukraine. It is a proxy war between the United States and NATO on one side and Russia on the other. The reason being, uh, John, despite all the rhetoric that we hear from uh, all sorts of uh, Washington, quote unquote, experts, that the war is uh, to democracy, you know, that our help is uh, intended to help uh, democracy in Ukraine. Ukraine is in no danger of becoming democracy anytime soon. It's just a, as corrupt as Russia. Uh, Zelensky's presidential campaign was bankrolled by Igor Kolomoisky, one of the most notorious uh, oligarchs who is actually banned from entry to the United States by our own government because he's under multiple investigations. So the real fight is over control of a piece of Eurasia that Ukraine is part of because Putin views it as part of his security perimeter uh, on which Russia relied for its security for centuries. And we view it as a strategic area because it gives us access into, you know, all sorts of things. And with Ukraine being the breadbasket of Europe, and you see right now the consequences that Joe Biden's administration didn't precalculate that this conflict is having on our own economy all the way to uh, causing shortages in baby formula because the key ingredient for the baby formula was actually produced in Ukraine. And currently the Russians are blockading the uh, access of Ukrainians um, exports into, you know, in the Black Sea and the Azov Sea because Ukraine is now effectively landlocked courtesy of Vladimir Putin. That's his game chest. 
We brought in another expert today to assess the situation in Ukraine. Rebecca Koffler, former Defense Intelligence Agency officer, current intelligence consultant, author, and says right now Russia's winning this war. We'll have more for you right after this. Again, from your book that you just mentioned there, great book. It's called Putin's Playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. And, of course, there's always much more to the story than what's actually being presented to us, as you elaborated very well there in that part. I want to get into more about the American response. President Biden, he has been able to successfully lobby Congress to provide billions of dollars worth of military assistance to Ukraine, says to bring in more Ukrainian refugees into the United States. But let's flash back to late last year and early this year when those Russian troops were massed up on the Ukrainian border. There was all sorts of talk about how the invasion was going to happen after the Olympics, and then all of a sudden it did happen. May there have been a way for the United States and the Biden administration to do more to maybe not prevent this from happening, but to soften the blow from this Russian invasion? What mistakes specifically has the Biden administration made before the war? 100%. It could have been possible uh, to prevent it if we started earlier during President uh, Biden's uh, first run at uh, Putin, if you will, when he was the vice president for President Obama. Okay, And certainly it would have been possible to mitigate it uh, during his uh, presidency. So I want to highlight the fact that this war has been brewing for 10 to 20 years, depending on how you count. And the intelligence community failed to understand um, our opponent, strategic opponent and adversary, Vladimir Putin, and how he thinks. Because the intelligence record, really, John, was very clear about what Putin was planning to do. And this is exactly why I wrote my book, because... I kept providing warnings in the intelligence community when I was serving as the intelligence officer for Russian doctrine and strategy at DIA. I was part of war gaming, you know, dozens and dozens of war games in which, by the way, every single war game, the red, i.e. the Russians beat the blue. And at that point, we stopped the game. And yet all of these warnings fell on deaf ears. And so and, and, and eventually, you know, I um, I risked my career to speak truth to power and really won the American people. And then I ended up writing the book. Right. So that was the point where we could have prevented it by securing our satellite networks on which we're dependent for every aspect of our war fighting capability, missile warning, command and control, intelligence collection, uh, reconnaissance, precision targeting, and so along and so forth. If we were able to secure our communication networks that the Russians have been hacking at will for the past 20 years, so that was the time if we developed a strategy similar to the one that Ronald Reagan developed against the Soviet Union. And Certainly, you know, it could have been mitigated if President Biden believed his own eyes when Putin was gradually assembling 190,000 troops all but encircling Ukraine. Okay, it's not like Putin did it in 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 one day. Remember, John? Uh, Right. President Biden kept negotiating uh, with Putin on the so-called security guarantees, which was Putin's ultimatum to us that Ukraine cannot cannot be part of NATO. And so both sides knew that those uh, guarantees were unachievable. And yet President Biden proceeded, you know, in his uh, manner 
to uh, be really played uh, by Putin. And the Russian intelligence services concluded that Joe Biden was cognitively impaired. And this is why Putin assessed that that was a good time to attack because President Biden just let him assemble all those forces. Wow, pretty big-time stuff there. I want to talk now about the other side of things, Vladimir Putin, because you talk about impaired. We've seen rumors, read reports that the Russian president may be undergoing some sort of cancer treatment right now and that he might be sick. Obviously, this comes at a critical time. We've got a major war going on, and he is the main driver behind that war. Have you heard anything that would give any sort of confidence to these reports that Putin is, in fact, sick? And if so... Who might replace him? And would this war continue on, say, if he is no longer in power? Yes and yes, uh, John. So first, on Putin's health, the intelligence record is inconclusive regarding his health um, because the Russians obviously keep it very, very tight. What I can tell you is that uh, the Western media exaggerate, you know, what what's going on over there. One day, you know, we have like four reports in the British in the British uh, media and one of that Putin is about to kick the bucket. And uh, I can tell you that is not the case, although it is quite plausible that Putin does have a serious underlying uh, health issue. But he is not about to, um, you know, to kick the bucket, as I said, and he's going to continue waging his war on Ukraine. But more importantly, it's not just uh, it's not Putin's war. It's Russia's war, uh, John. Interestingly, every single time that Putin was elected by the Russians to become president, and that is four times by now, the runner up was always a communist, somebody who would be even worse than Putin. And you mentioned uh, who would possibly take over if Putin were to uh, slip on a cabbage peel, so to speak, or uh, get hit by a bus. Um, the, the person who would take over is basically his evil twin, and it's Nikolai Patrushev. He's currently the head of Russia's Security Council. And these two are like peas in the pod, okay? They go back. They're not just professional colleagues. Uh, they're also friends. But Drushev is the only guy whom Putin fully trusts. He's most influential in the Kremlin. And they go back all the way to 1975 when they were both in the KGB. And Patrushev has said, just like, you know, Putin likely sanctioned uh, murders and assassinations. And right now he's waging the war where he's targeting civilians, you know, as part of military strategy in order to break the Ukrainians' uh, will to fight and Zelensky's um, fighting ability in order to uh, stop the suffering. So uh, Patrushev is exactly the same. He waged brutal war in Chechnya, and everyone knows about that. So let's be very careful what we wish for, okay? It never pans out the way that the Washington establishment uh, hopes it will because, again, they fail to understand all these experts that, you know, the intelligence community is full of. Uh, we have a perennial systemic problem of our inability to understand the adversary's uh, thought process, right? We're very good at counting the beans, counting uh, the number of troops, weaponry, number of satellites, cyber tools, 
for the life of us, we cannot understand uh, the adversary's thinking, how how they will fight, uh, whether they are prepared, and how will they fight, actually. Because, again, Putin is, is bringing to the table not just his military capability, but he's effectively waging a total war against the West and, put, and placing pressure on U.S. economy uh, is a big piece of it. Rebecca Koffler, a former defense intelligence agency officer. She's been right there for years on this whole thing. Now she's an intelligence consultant and an author who says Russia currently has the upper hand in this war. If Vladimir Putin somehow goes away, the war continues on. And basically, the people who are running the U.S. intelligence department and looking at all these factors are actually looking at the wrong things. We're glad to hear some inside insight of what's actually going on, whether that be good or bad news. Nevertheless, we have to talk about it because it's a real situation, not only for the people of Ukraine, but for the American people as well. Rebecca Koffler, we appreciate you coming on and giving it to us straight here on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thank you so much. Of course. My pleasure, John. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.